Welcome to FraserCast, a place where we discuss all things autism, mental health, and special needs. Today we will be discussing the increased demand for early interventions and intensive services. To help guide our discussion today, we welcome Sarah El Rashidi, a Senior Clinical Services Manager here at Fraser, working with our Preschool Day Treatment Program. Welcome, Sarah, and thank you for joining us on FraserCast. Hi, Dave. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to have you. It's exciting to learn about this today. So let's get started at the top and define early intervention for our listeners. Sure, happy to do so. So um, early intervention is um, a term that is typically used to describe services for children um, birth to three years of age, and typically for children with developmental delays or disabilities. Um, typically the services that are provided for these children focus in areas on communication, adaptive skills, physical skills, social and emotional, some of the early intervention services that Frazier offers include occupational or physical therapy, speech and language therapy, psychological services, which may include a diagnostic assessment and a psychological evaluation, family therapy services. In addition, we have a program called Early Beginnings, which is an interactive placed program that is parent-child directed to really support those caregivers in working with their child um, that might have kind of challenges or developmental delays around social communication concerns. Typically, the, it is a 12-week um, program that really supports the parent-child relationship and really supports strengthening the social regulation and play skills as well, too. So those are just some of the services that Fraser offers that are encompassing of early intervention services. Is there a, a typical age where these sorts of programs get started? Or you mentioned birth to three, that's a wide range. Uh, can you describe uh, how parents you know, come to terms or how, how they come to understand that they may have a child with special needs and, and how early that can occur? Sure, that's a great question. Yes, so it can happen really at, um, at birth if there are any concerns that the family might have um, prior to that. Um, typically the services are provided for um, children from birth to three years of age. Um, parents might times uh, reach out to their pediatrician or other medical or healthcare providers when they might have any concerns regarding their child's development or with skills. And usually at that point in time is where it might trigger um, a screening or a referral for further assessment or evaluation. So Sarah, you mentioned birth to three. What are some signs that a parent might realize with, with, a, with a young child or even a baby that they might even mention something to a pediatrician? Yes, yeah, so, so the signs um, could be things such as if they're noticing any concerns with how their child um, speaks or the way they're acting or moving. Um, for example, maybe their child isn't responding to loud sounds or noises or they don't engage in you know a social smile. Um, sometimes not bringing things to their mouth. So we're really looking for those developmental milestones during this period. And when there are concerns with these milestones, um, those are, would be the times where we would have caregivers reach out um, to their pediatrician or a medical or healthcare provider right away. So we can try to get in a screening um, essentially because our biggest piece here is um, making sure we get early intervention as soon as possible for these young children. 
That's very helpful. So uh, we understand that there's been an increased demand for these services, early interven intervention and intensive services. Why is that occurring? Yes, there's been more of an increase in demand for these services as I would say there's more awareness um, and we're seeing more children being diagnosed early on with um, developmental disabilities and delays. And so we are noticed that caregivers are reaching out to medical and healthcare providers early on with concerns. Medical and healthcare providers are making referrals at younger ages for these children to access more intensive services. And so we are seeing more of that increase in early intervention and intensive services to really support these children um, getting back on their developmental um, trajectory. So when Fraser gets involved, say a pediatrician or even a family member, a caregiver contacts Fraser, uh, what does that look like? What's the next step? What, what, what's going to happen with the family? When a family contacts Fraser, they would be routed to our client services department where they will ask them some questions regarding their concerns. And from that point in time, they will work with getting the child and family assessed whether that be a diagnostic assessment or an evaluation. And at that point in time, the clinicians that are completing that assessment would be conducting an interview, gathering some information from the caregivers in terms of the child's development. Um, a series of questions um, typically are covered during that point in time because we want to get at the root of what are the concerns um, with a child's um, functioning or development to really support the family in accessing the appropriate services. So Sarah, you, you talk about birth to three and, and different types of services. Can you give us a description for less intensive or more intensive services uh, for a child, uh, perhaps dependent on age? Yes, for a young child, the services that could be provided um, will be dependent on kind of the recommendations from that evaluation or that assessment, but it could be family therapy services. Family therapy is a service that is typically provided to the caregivers to really support providing the caregivers with the tools and resources they need to support their child's success and development. It may also include discussing the diagnosis, processing that, identifying strategies to really support the child's success and generalization of skills. Other services that may be provided could be speech and language therapy, if that is recommended from the evaluation or the assessment, where a clinician is working directly with the child really to supporting their um, communication and language skills. That could be you know, provided once a week. We also have occupational therapy, um, which is really to support children and address more their sensory function, motor skills, adaptive skills. That could also be another service that might be provided um, once a week to a child, really based on, you know, the findings of the assessment and evaluation. Then there's other services we offer that um, may be added to that, really just depending on the recommendations and the intensity for um, intervention for that individual. So, Sarah, can you talk to us about how these services are applied in this current pandemic era that we live in, and maybe, and hopefully, how they will be applied post-pandemic? Yes. So during this pandemic right now, we are offering these services via telehealth. So families are able to access these services with a clinician via our telemedicine, where the families receive these services through our um, screens. We're able to provide that direct care intervention through this new modality during this time. Uh, so Sarah, you mentioned 
family and caregivers. Talk to us about how these services uh, address the needs of the caregivers and the families themselves, because often, of course, oftentimes, of course, uh, there are other children involved uh, with the children that who need special needs. So, w what do you do to take care of the family? Great question. So. In supporting the family can really support fam the family system and the functioning, supporting the caregivers and being able to support the child's ability to be successful in the home environment, in the school, out in the community, um, supporting um, sibling relationships as well too. So really that family involvement is really key in this process and we wanna be able to support those caregivers um, so they can support their child to be successful across settings. Great. You mentioned telehealth, Sarah. Uh, can you talk to us more about that? For example, I, I imagine there are some clients of Fraser who, given where they live, are always using telehealth. So it's, in effect, always a pandemic era for them, if you will. Uh, uh, are there any other, are there any times when you really want to get a, a child into, say, a clinic? Um, and again, in, in our current situation, has Fraser moved toward some sort of services that can at least be partially in person today? Yes, great question. So right now in our current state of the pandemic, we have moved um, some services in our clinic. At this time, those services include our day treatment and our ABA, which is Applied Behavior Analysis Program. We have shifted in clinic on a smaller scale just due to supporting the safety and physical distancing for the children and the staff. But we are offering those services in clinic across our um, sites at this time. So Sarah, I imagine with telehealth, it puts a lot of uh, extra work or maybe some pressure uh, on the caregiver and the family. Uh, how do you find that families and caregivers are reacting to using computers to uh, get their kids training and services? That's a great question, Dave. I would say it varies from family to family. Some families are able to navigate using telehealth, whether it's through a phone or a computer. We really try to meet families where they are at for providing these telehealth services. We do have other families that, you know, this modality is a little bit difficult to access and so we really try to connect with those families whether it is you know connecting with them by phone having those conversations with them to check in discuss how their child is progressing how they're doing what supports they might need um, but it's definitely kind of a new new territory for us with this pandemic and with um, you know shifting some of our services via telehealth so Sarah Parents have a lot on their minds and a lot of anxieties about raising their children, and uh, not every parent is able to pick out signs or red flags about certain behaviors in their, in the, in their children. Uh, what sort of resources are out there to help parents along this path, say if they have a child with special needs? Yes, so in terms of what resources are out there for families, I would say at this point we've got lots of resources. Here in the state of Minnesota, there is what's called Help Me Grow, Help Me Grow is um, a place where they provide resources to families and understanding more about developmental milestones. And families, um, family or friends or professionals can make a referral at any point in time when a child has um, any red flags or concerns with their development. And so I would say this is a, a wonderful resource. Well, that's, that's really helpful, Sarah. 
uh, it's good to know for parents that there are resources out there that they can just go to and, and look up things if they have questions. Uh, so thank you for that. Any further thoughts, Sarah? Just that families to, you know, reach out as soon as possible if you have any concerns with your child's development. You know, Fraser's here to help support you. We can offer diagnostic assessment, evaluation, and we're happy to help you get into services. That's wonderful. That's a great message. Thank you, Sarah. It's, it's been a pleasure speaking with you today. For more information on intensive services or any additional services Fraser provides, please visit www.fraser.org. That's www.fraser.org. Thanks again, Sarah. Thank you, Dave. And thank everyone for listening and stay well.